Hello, Podcast Nation. My name is Brandon, host of the podcast series, Be My Guest with Brandon Horton. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And last, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We'll see you there. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Now transmitting around the world. This is Be My Guest with Brandon Horton. Hello, Podcast Nation, and welcome to Be My Guest with Brandon Horton, a show where we combine great guests with great interviews, as well as sharing your stories, shoutouts, and questions. My name is Brandon, and joining me today is my best friend, Scott Van Dyke. We have a great show for you today. Scott and I will be sharing our first times. We'll be answering listener email and talking about their first times. And our listeners also wanted to share some shout-outs. How are you doing today? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Thanks for being here to kick off the first episode. Man, I'm excited. I mean, we've been planning the show, you and I, for a couple months now, and now here we are. It's it's pretty awesome. We're going to have a hell of a time. It's got to start somewhere. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, just to kind of introduce who we are, again, my name is Brandon Horton. I've been married for eight years now. Here in Denver, Colorado is where our base is located out of. Uh, grew up in Kansas in a small town, small community. Myself, I've got two amazing daughters. daughters. See, I can't talk for the life of me today at all. Age seven, Anastasia, and then I've got a two-year-old named Guinevere. So how about you? Let's talk about a little bit about yourself. I'm actually uh, from California. Lived there for 18 years. Joined the military at a very young age and lived in Hawaii for three years after that, um, where I met my beautiful wife. We've been married going on 14 years now. Have two boys, Alexander and Davin. So you and I both have something in common. I mean, you and I are both avid gamers, so on top of that. you have a gaming channel that you want to promote that? Yeah, um, it's on YouTube. It's uh, very new. It's Angry Super Monkey Rage, all one word. Uh, currently, I am starting up a new challenge with Sims 4 on the 100 Baby Challenge. But instead of doing the normal <clears throat> female character, I'm doing it as a guy. So I've got a male character that's trying to have 100 babies with 100 different women. So I don't play Sims 4 very often. It's not Me one neither. of my games, so it's been very interesting. <laughs> oh, that, that, I mean, that sounds very interesting. I mean, I took a got a sneak peek of, of the video that you made, and I say it was pretty interesting to see that. I've uh, never played Sims before. I've never been really a big Sims fan at all. But um, just basically what you were doing there, it was, it was really interesting. So, And then just the feedback and just talking to the audience and talking about the things that you're doing. It, it was very entertaining, I needed to say. Yeah, that's been one of the challenges that I've had to get used to is talking to myself pretty much in an entertaining way for the audience to be involved in everything. So I'm hoping once it gets up and once it gets going and I get a little bit of a following, I'll have a bit more interaction with the viewers and be able to play that. But that'll be, that'll come. Exactly. I also have a gaming channel for our listeners that are gamers like us or like watching gamers like us. My gaming channel is on Mixer and you can find me at username HortonHearsWho2. Again, that's HortonHearsWho2. You're also writing a book too. Yes. Called The Orcs Path. And yep. so, how is that going? Can we get a sneak peek of what the story is about? So, that one is uh, the main character is an actual orc named Gamunk. He kind of leaves his tribe out of uh, challenges that he's been facing that he doesn't agree with his tribe on certain things. I'm not going to go too in detail because it's supposed to be a huge twist at the end after a okay. few while. Nice. Um, but it's been going along. I'm about 20,000 words into it. It's been a, about a month or so. And been working on it so i'm hoping to get that done in the next month or two and out there to for people to read and enjoy and go from there exactly and i've thoroughly enjoyed it so far too i mean just the way the character development and and just everything with that too so i'm excited to know what the twist plot is on this book because i'm very very interested into it and i think my goal this year is i don't read enough books 
fact, actually, I'm not an avid book reader. So I think for, you know, 2020, my goal is to at least read two books a month. So in addition to that, just kind of broaden my horizons a little bit. And this is really what this podcast is all about, too. It's just kind of, you know, a creative hobby for me. You know, I've wanted to do this podcast for a year now. And, you know, through various people, various people I work with, various people I come across, it's just like, hey, you have this unique voice that you need to use. And I'm like, and I, I tend, to, tend to brush it off. I'm like, oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for that. And then just kind of really diving into it and really, really thinking about it. I was like, you know, maybe these people are right. Maybe I should, you know, try to pursue this a little bit, a little bit more. So we have a huge first episode for you. Scott and I are going to talk about our first experiences, talk about your guys' first experiences, and we have a special shout out from you guys as well as regarding this podcast. It's a fun little episode to introduce you guys to the show before all that. Being this, this is the first episode, I want to tell our audience about this podcast. Again, it's just all about just a creative hobby for me. Kind of sitting down with this podcast, I wanted to, didn't really know what I wanted to talk about. I know with, you know, with your hobbies and with your interests, what you want to do, it's kind of hard that first, you know, breaking point of, you know, what should I do? What should, where should I go with this? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with, with me, it's like, you know, I have a lot of interest, like, you know, you and I are both avid gamers, you know, we both have, you know, we're both married, we both have kids, my, my kids, especially that we have, uh, they have health issues going on right now, you know, just wanted to kind of think about that, that creativity process is is hard on that one. And so what I wanted to do with this podcast is I wanted to, you know, think of you guys, uh, listen to, you know, hours and hours upon podcasts different podcasts and none of them actually involve you guys. You know, there's some podcasts out there that, you know, have great interviews, in-depth conversations, they get personal, but they don't involve you guys at all. And so this this podcast is pretty unique, I would think. It has that little niche there where it involves you guys and you guys share your stories with us, which I think is awesome. And I don't know about you, but I mean, I think really just that, that unique kind of collaborating, you know, in-depth conversations, interviews, what our listeners, you know, are experiencing right now in hopes that, you know, maybe it'll help somebody else out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, being that this is our first episode, you know, we wanted to, you know, have a little fun with this. So we're going to be talking about our first experiences and we're going to be sharing some different topics. We actually have some topics ahead of time. None of this is rehearsed at all. So we have no idea what we're going to be talking about. It's going to be fun. It's going to be hilarious. Ready? Yeah, let's get down and dirty. Right, absolutely. So, Scott, why don't you choose? I think we should start with something fun. Our first fight, if you remember that one. Everybody has a good fight story. Yeah, they do. In fact, actually, I don't know if my fight story would be as entertaining as as people would think. The first fight I actually was involved with was actually in middle school. Now, with me growing up in school and stuff, I wasn't popular. I was the I was the outcast. Didn't really have a lot of friends. Didn't really hang out with anybody. And so just this kid, I don't even know his name. It was in middle school and he always picked on me, always picked on me. And so I just, just out of the blue, just to kind of piss this guy off, I said, Hey, how you doing? And then he just starts following me. We're all kind of lined up in the gym trying to get ready for the, for the first class. And so he follows me with a bunch of his, I guess, posse or guys. And then he just starts wailing on my head and wailing on my stomach. And so, and then you have all these people around me going, don't hurt him. Don't hurt him. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And so that's really just really about it. It's really nothing entertaining about it at all. It's just like, I really didn't defend myself. I didn't feel the purpose to defend myself at all. I just kind of tucked and hid myself and just waited until it was over. And it didn't really last very long at all. He just got a few good sockets in me, but that was about it. So how about you? Uh, my first fight, I think, was in about fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade. I can't remember what year it was, but this kid was <clears throat> just being a bully and everything, and it was during class, and we had one of those moments where it was one of those meet me outside by the handlebars at 3 o'clock after school oh, type yeah. thing, so it was pre-planned. Um, <clears throat> so we met, ended up meeting out there. It was myself and one of my friends, him and one of his friends, and we just stood off for a minute, and I threw the first punch. He I missed. He threw the second punch. Did he, he hit you though? Yeah, he got me right on the chin. <laughs> oh wow! But after that, I got a good couple of hits on him, and I was actually had the upper hand. And then his friend actually jumped in, and so it was two versus one. And I was hoping for my friend to jump in. That's kind of why you bring a friend to a fight, is right, just in exactly. case. <clears throat> and I remember turning around and seeing that he had left. 
So he kind of just Deserve, bailed on yeah. me. Yeah, just bailed on me. Let me go. I got my got a good beating out oh, of it. Oh. Um, didn't feel too well afterwards. But the next day, my second fight was uh, with my friend that bailed on me. I kind of walked up to him and clocked him a couple times. So, so you had the fight one day, and then the very next day it was you, my second fight. Was your second <laughs> fight? So hopefully you end up winning that one. That one I did. I but I kind of sucker punched him. He didn't expect it, but I was pretty upset. Oh wow! Oh man. First drink. So I remember my first drink, and I apologize, mom and dad, for this one. But um, this was actually, I think I was a freshman in high school at this time. And so um, we lived out in the country. My parents still live out in the country, about maybe a mile, if that, to the closest small town. And so my brother and his friend had a house just down the road from us. And so they were having a little get-together, like a little party. I don't think my brother was there, but his friend was, his roommate. And so they had a little get-together with jello shots and all that. And so I just drove my four-wheeler over there. Didn't really know there was a party going on either. And so so just kind of hang on, mingle, mingle around with the people there. I mean, I knew a good majority of them, you know, going through school and stuff. All the, all the friends that my brother had and all the, all the people that I met through that. But... Ended up taking a Jello shot. Oh, nice. Yep. What flavor? It was uh, cherry, actually. Cherry. I had a cherry one and I had a lime one. I remember that one. It had a little bit of whipped cream on the top there. And so this gal who was at the party, she goes, I don't think you should be having one of those. You're not old enough. And I go, well, you know, you only live once. So. Right. And so I ended up uh, taking a couple Jello shots. Ended up driving back on the four-wheeler. Like I say, it was just only like, you know, a quarter of a mile. It wasn't that far. And my mom told me the story. She goes, I don't know what happened to you that night, but you ended up banging your head against the wall as if as if you were not okay or not yourself. I'm like, well, two jello shots? I don't remember that. I mean, I don't think it really had that much alcohol in it. So, but I, obviously I don't know, but that was kind of my first drink. So you? Um, I honestly don't remember my very first drink, but I do remember I was witness to one of uh, <clears throat> a good friend of mine's first drink. We were... At a party, uh, we used to have at a friend of mine's house during my freshman, or no, this was my sophomore year. And at her house, we always held the parties there. Like, that's the main, every Friday night, we would go there and party. <clears throat> and my best friend at the time, Christopher, and I were there, and they always invited us. They loved us being there because we were the life of the party half the time. But we always had a rule that if you wanted us there, kind of had to pay for us to be there in the sense of they would buy us each a bottle of Jack of our own. Oh, wow. okay. So I had my own bottle of Jack. My best friend Chris had his own bottle of Jack and we would start off the party by him and I taking our first shots at the party and then everybody would start drinking. Right. And we did that for a while. <clears throat> Came kind of a tradition to start the parties. And we had this one kid there. God, honestly, I don't know how old this kid was. Yeah. Like he was a bit younger than high school, but he really wanted to be a part of the group and he really wanted to be a part of us. So why not, you know, let the kid drink. Yeah. So they told him that, that if they wanted to, if he wanted to do that, he had to be a part of our traditional startup. Okay. So I got myself a double shot. My best friend at the time got himself a double shot and we got this kid just a single shot. Right. And we were supposed to all three take it at the same time. So it was like an initiation. Yeah. It okay. was like an initiation and the kid was a great kid. So we are standing up at the party. Everybody's sitting down with their drinks, getting ready to party. And we count down three, two, one, and we take our shot. But I'm watching this kid as he takes his first shot of Jack Daniels. Yeah. And he could not hold it. He oh. kind of just shot it down and just spewed everywhere. Wow. And it was just hilarious. And I was mid-swallow on my double shot. And I started right. laughing as I was swallowing. And it came up my <laughs> nose and spewed out my nose. So it burnt like crazy. Yeah. And this kid just like hacked his lungs out and then just left. He was oh, done wow. with the party. So that was his first shot. I don't remember. I've been drinking for so long, it's right. sad. But. See, and I'm not a big drinker either. I mean, I'll have a kickback of beer every now and again. So I've, I've never been that big on big on drinking at all. Not because of the taste. It's just the affordability as well. Yeah, 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 it's expensive. So it's very expensive. And I remember actually my second drink as well. And this is actually was in high school as well. I was working at a fast food restaurant. And it was New Year's Eve, actually. This guy I was working with uh, alongside me. Um, he goes, hey, I'm having a party, you know, at my place. Why don't you come by and, you know, you know, hang out? And I go, cool, that sounds, sounds, sounds awesome. And so I go over there, and this is how unpopular I was in high school, how people didn't really like me. Like, there was a couple of people at the party I knew, and I walk in, they're like, 
why the fuck are you here right now type thing. And yeah. I was like, oh, well, he invited me. And so, oh, okay, type thing. And so I, I was I was there not very long at all. And so I kind of had a scary moment with drinking too because, you know, all those like names that are out there, all those, all those beers and, and mixers and stuff of oh, that yeah. nature. And so somebody asked me if I wanted a liquid cocaine. And I, was, I, I sat there for a moment or stood there for a moment. And I was like... I don't know. I was like, my first thought was, oh, shit, there's actually cocaine in the drink. Of course. Why not? Of course. I mean, hence the name liquid cocaine. And so I was actually very nervous at that time, too. I was like, Ugh. I was like, if I drink this, this is going to fuck me up big time. And so I was like, eh, that peer pressure, too. I was like, eh, you know, I want to be like the, that cool guy, you know, you know, walking in the door where you're like, oh, you know, why is this guy here? And all of a sudden just become, oh, hey, you're cool now type thing. And so I was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. In fact, you know, that liquid cocaine was more than just, it was just like orange juice and like liquor and all that. So really wasn't no drug in that, and, but still scared the hell out of me because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to drink this and then I'm going to be in a ditch somewhere type thing. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of my drinking drinking experience. Like I said, I don't, I don't drink a lot. So, I mean, in fact, if you look at my fridge right now, I've only got like a couple of beers in there and they're just hard cider and that's it. So that's about, about my about yeah. my drink in there. Yeah, I have I have, I have a few beers in there. I actually, <clears throat> I enjoy using the cup you bought me actually, the Budweiser oh, cup. Yes, I, I use yes. that quite often. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, what was it, a couple of years ago, my wife's from here. She's actually from Boulder and I'm from Kansas. I'm a Kansas native. And so... We really didn't make the trip a whole lot together over here due to work schedules and and all that. And so I think in the eight years I've been married to Carrie, my wife, I've only made the trip here to Colorado maybe three, four times. Yeah. And so the last trip, and that was an experience too, because the trip there stuck big time to, to get here because we ended up getting a flat tire in the evening time around like 8 9 p.m when we're about maybe an hour and a half from where we needed to be which was our mom's house and we ended up getting a flat tire in this small podunk town and we actually had to stay in a hotel we had the very last room thankfully that we booked in this in this small little town and so that was the experience right there um, we were driving like a little minivan at the time there and so ended up getting a flat tire on our way to her mom's house and on the way back, we ended up getting in a car wreck an hour before we were supposed to get home. In fact, what happened was a couple of deer actually hit our van, and I didn't think much of it. I was like, okay, maybe, you know, we'll check it out when we get home. Maybe they didn't do anything. Then I hear my daughter in the back, you know, kind of whimpering a little bit, and I hear more wind than I, than I should have. And I looked back, and I was like, oh, shit, they got, they got Anna. And so we pulled over right away, and so she was scraped from head to toe, basically, from the glass just shattering. But definitely the drive up to Colorado and back down sucked big time. It sucked balls. But what Scott was talking about earlier with the Budweiser is that part was fun. I, I enjoyed the hell out of that one. We ended up going to uh, the Budweiser factory. Yep. I've always wanted to do a beer tour, so and I see how the beer was made and all that. And so... I, I paid for both of us to have, you know, a couple of beers throughout the tour. and we paid so, for the VIP, so we got, like, extra beer more than VIP, anybody else. VIP, yes. VIP treatment. And so, and it was very, it was, it was wonderful. I mean, we have to learn, you know, a lot about how, you know, beer was made and, and, and just all of that. So, it was really cool and got a few drinks and drinks in there, too. So, that's where the Budweiser Cup came from. So yeah, And I use it very often. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Awesome. <laughs> Another topic. What do you think? Well, we've got drinks, fight. <clears throat> Let's go with a kiss. I a remember kiss. my first kiss. Okay. Was it... So that one was actually in, I don't know if people consider this first kiss, but it was in like third grade. I was dating a girl. Can't remember her name for the life of me, but we were sitting under a tree. It was her, myself, and two of her friends, and we were being teased by her two friends. For some reason, they thought I was her brother. <clears throat> so. Oh, wow. They kept telling her that she was gross for dating her brother because, you know, th in third grade, boyfriend girlfriends are serious, you know? Right. So they were making fun of her and she kept trying to deny it. And I just sat there, I remember picking on the grass because every blade was interesting. So I picked the blades while they were arguing. 
And it got to the point where she got frustrated and she finally said, you know, like, fine, if I give him a kiss, will that prove it to you? And they were like, yeah. And so she just literally just leaned over and laid one on me. And oh, wow. I didn't expect it. I didn't know what was going on. And I'm not, <clears throat> I wasn't uh, very suave back in the day. So right. it freaked me out quite a bit when she kissed me. I didn't know what to do. And that was my first kiss. <laughs> oh, wow. So mine was actually in kindergarten. I told you I was a Kansas native, but I was also actually born in Oklahoma. And so we spent the, like the first five years in Oklahoma. And so I attended school in this, in this one town, Lincoln Elementary in Ponca City, Oklahoma is where I used to live at. And so that school no longer exists there. They have, they built a brand new school out of that. But first kiss was with a girl named Kathy sporadically it was it was on the playground our first kiss there and stuff i don't remember really anything of that other than the kiss it was just you know one of those playground innocent kisses but then i think you know that week we ended up kiss uh, i mean kissing more actually in the classroom like we i remember this this part we were actually underneath the table during circle time out of everybody's view and we were you know doing a little bit of kissing there so nice. um that's really about it for my first kiss. And in fact, actually, this is a funny story, too, is I guess back in high school, what it was, too, is when, you know, stuff like MySpace was pretty popular and, and all those other social media sites. Just for just for grins and giggles, I had, I think I still have it, too, maybe at my parents' house, but a uh, class photo from kindergarten that had all of, all of my old classmates, including Kathy, on there. And so I thought it was really interesting just kind of look them up on MySpace to see, you know, if they're still there and, and all that. And so I did that with a couple of people. And again, it turned out, well, I don't remember you. Who the hell are you type thing? And so I, 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 I kind of explained a little bit like what I was doing. I was like, hey, you know, trying to connect, you know, with, with people that I used to go to school with. Because with me, it's just like I, I think about it and it's like, you know, whatever, what would happen if, you know, my parents and, and our family stayed in that location. That's something that I kind of think about, like, often, like, you know, the what-ifs. Right. Like, what if this happened? Would it have impacted what I'm doing now or, or, or this? So, and I think about that a lot, too. And so, and so I just, you know, randomly just looked them up and, you know, kind of talked a little bit. And nothing really much came out of that. So, hoping, to, you know, back in high school, to find Kathy. That right. was my main thing. I was like, hey, do you remember that first kiss there? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> type thing. So Kindergarten's a long way to remember. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. So, and in fact, I mean, hell, I mean, I don't even remember what happened yesterday, to be honest with you, on, on right? some things. But, yeah. I think she also was my first crush, too. I mean, with the first kiss, you got to have a first crush. Now, with your first kiss, do you believe that was your first crush as well? Or do you think you had, you know, other ones? So I liked the girl, but I don't think she was actually my first crush. Uh, my first crush was actually a year or two later, and I think her name was Amanda. And it was funny because I was talking to my wife about this the other day, I think. And I remember we didn't have texting or anything back like we were younger. Right. And we didn't text me, but we had the whole, do you like me, yes or no, notes. Oh, yes. That yes. It's so legendary, and that was how we communicated was passing notes to each other. And this girl was in my class, and I remember I had this huge crush on her, really wanted to go out and date with her and stuff. So I remember writing her. She sat about two or three people behind me. So I wrote, do you like me, yes or no? And I folded it up into like right. the little football or whatever. And I had a buddy of mine pass it to the girl that was behind him, and then she passed it to her, which was where she was sitting. And no sooner did she get it and open it up and read it, she put it down, and I didn't give her a chance to think about it. I wrote right. another one that said, did you get my first note? Right. And I passed it back. And So before she could even respond, I passed her like three notes asking her if she liked me. I was just right. so out of it. She didn't like me. No. She didn't have, same, have the same feelings. But <clears throat> I still had a crush on her. Um, I remember my mom was asking me who I wanted for my birthday that year, and I think I said her name like five times to make sure to ask my mom. I was like, is she on the list? Is she invited? And my mom's like, yes, kiddo. She's, she's invited. Okay, cool. Then I want Eric and, so and did you get Amanda? Is, is Amanda invited? She's like, oh my God, yes. She's invited. So I don't remember if she showed up to that birthday party or not. Oh, but no. that was my first real crush. crush. Oh, nice. Now, my first crush actually was, you know, I... I would say it would be Kathy in, in a roundabout way because I think, you know, heaven, you know, you don't want to kiss somebody unless you have a crush. 
That was that was the first one I remember. Now the second one, it really wasn't until I think high school, and I'm not going to say this person's name just in case they are listening. But I had a crush on her for a few years. Everybody knew I had a crush on her. I just didn't admit it. And so, and I never really talked to her either, and she never really approached me either. I may, you know, say hi or good morning every now and again, and she would just brush me off, and I was like, oh okay. But I, I still think she she was absolutely gorgeous. Now for me, you know. In high school and stuff, I never looked at the most popular or the pretty ones. I always looked at, you know, the, the average, the average Joe type thing. Like, I, I didn't want, like, a perfect 10. I really wanted more like a 5 or 6, somebody who was kind of relates to me. Right. And so, you know, she brushed me off, you know, countless times, you know, just didn't didn't bother want to talk to me, didn't want to say hi and at all. And so I finally gave that up until... I was a senior in high school, and so she kind of started talking to me again. She had a boyfriend at the time, but it was just that that connection, I guess, really kind of like, oh, you know, hey, there you are. How are you doing type thing? But never asked her out, never had anything come of it. So, But like I said, I knew that she had a crush on me, or I had a crush on her. Everybody else in school knew that I had a crush on her, but it just never, never fessed up to it. I was never, I was always that awkward, that awkward person, like, like I said, I never really socialized with anybody. Didn't really have a lot of friends. In fact, actually, you know, I was the I was the guy who found out on Monday morning that everybody else went to a party on the weekend type thing. And so it was like on Fridays, I ended up doing things by myself, like you know, going to a movie by myself or or doing like a little dinner by myself type thing. So so I really didn't have anybody so at that time. But yeah, what about a scary moment? Maybe a, a first scary moment for you. So this first scary moment that I can remember um, is interesting. I was a kid living in Modesto, California, and my family was really big into like pagan and Wicca. That was a religion I grew up in. And we were very firm believers. And I still believe today that there are ghosts and everything. Like I've, I've seen certain things and this is one of those. But I remember I was laying down in bed one night and my bedroom was right across from my mom's room. We had a hallway, my bedroom, and then her bedroom was across the way and then... My sister's bedroom was a little further down, but she wasn't there that night. But I remember laying in bed and it was late, late into the night and all the lights were off and everything. And my door was open and I had my little night light on because I was afraid of the dark. Right. And I woke up and I looked up to my door because I felt something strange. And I saw, to this day, I could describe this man in his entirety outfit. Right. And there was a man standing next to my door, like right in the doorway in front of my door he was wearing blue overalls kind of a farmer looking guy right he was about almost six foot tall skinny guy and he was just standing there staring at me oh wow and i did not know what to do i froze and it felt like an eternity that this guy was there i literally after a good hour or so built up the courage to get out of bed and had to walk out the door which in turn walked right in front of this guy and he stared at me the entire time as i was going through and oh. as soon as I got past him, I bolted into my mom's room, screaming and crying. And she got up, turned on the lights, bolted into my room. Nobody was there. Oh, wow. <clears throat> and told my mom about what had happened. And she looked up into it and stuff. And if I remember correctly, there was a farmer that used to live there. Oh, And wow. it just scared the hell out of me. Right. Like having just waking up and seeing some stranger in your doorway staring right. at you just... I damn near peed my pants if I if I remember correctly I might have right. <laughs> <laughs> now now for my scary moment I was also afraid of the dark as a as as a child I'm sure as you know many of you and many of our listeners you know, up. Uh, go go through thank you. Mine was a little more extreme than that. Like I, I shared a room with my brother. We had this little mobile home. Shared a room with my brother for quite a few years until we moved into another uh, more stable house. But I was always afraid of the dark. Like I would actually, if I needed to go to the bathroom, I would just in this mobile home, this small mobile home, I would run to the bathroom in the dark, turn on the light, do what I needed to do, and run back because I was that afraid of of it. Because Again, we live in, in the country, so you never know, you know, wild animals, you know, you never know who's going to be, you know, kind of lurking around that, lurking around just in the pitch black. Right. And so I think, I don't know if really this is more of a scary moment, but more of an embarrassing moment. I remember one time I was so scared of going to the bathroom, I ended up going into the kitchen and urinating into the trash can. Nice. <laughs> because I was so scared uh, of the dark. And so, 
<laughs> so when my parents walked, walked, you know, they had to pass the kitchen in order to get to their bedroom. They were like, well, what's the smell? And then I had to admit like, oh, I, I peed in there. Well, why did you do that? And like, I gave my reason. And so I actually had to be the one to actually take it outside. Nice. And, and my me, the, uh, the the trash can that we had, we, we burned everything basically. We burned our tra- burned all the trash that we had because being out in the country, there's no really no like trash services that you need like me picked up because it was in the middle of nowhere. And so we ended up burning our trash and then you know having a separate second section for our recycling. And then you know once that got full, we just took it to the recycling um, place near town. But I had to be the one to actually walk it, and it was quite a quite a walk too. It was probably a good 30 yards to that to, to that bin that I had to walk at. And so I don't know really if that was a punishment. It could have been a punishment, <laughs> I guess. You know, you're the one who, who pissed in the trash can. You need to take it out so type thing. But I think really the other scary moment too was, I think fatherhood actually was really the first scary moment of, of my, you know, that, that first time parenting. It was really scary. Like, with many dads out there that might be listening, it's like that that first instinct of like, oh, am I holding my hold my child right? Or like, oh shit, am I gonna drop it? Type thing. So that stuff scared the hell out of me too. And so I never really stood with my with my firstborn Anna. I never really stood up and actually carried her around. I always had to be sitting, and I actually had to be have like pillows and blankets and stuff around me that way, just in case I had I did drop her, which I never did, by the way, never did. <laughs> um, I'd have some sort of protective barrier kind of to kind of help. So, yeah, yeah. My first, I actually <clears throat> wasn't home for my first one. As I said, I was in the military when you and I described or talked about it earlier. So when Davin, my oldest, was born, I was actually in Iraq at the time, oh, wow. and. Yeah the hospital was amazing. It was here in Colorado and they set up actually at the time it was Yahoo messenger. I think it was. Oh, I remember Yahoo messenger. Yep. And we made an account on there and the doctors actually set up their computer to stream my wife and my mother-in-law was there and my wife was there and I was out in Fob Sykes, Iraq, which is up North next to Talifar. And <clears throat> I remember going into our talk, our main building and my S six, the computer section of the military set up on my end um, kind of the opposite so my wife could see me and I could watch them and everything and we sat there for a good couple hours typing to the doctors trying to keep things going kind of trying to keep things moving and it got to the point where I had one of the sergeants come up and he was like hey man I got to get going just for a little bit it's going to be like a couple hours maybe two three hours before somebody gets in I can't let you stay in here by yourself so I had to sit outside the door and wait for somebody to come back in the morning to let me back in. And as soon right. as I got in and logged back on, it was like I missed it by like 10, 15 minutes. See, and I actually, this is a funny story too, because I actually missed missed the witness of my firstborn as well. I was actually working an overnight shift at the time. I was actually working at a hotel. And in fact, actually, I was working probably numerous jobs during that time too. Um, my wife was in college at the time. She was a, a yearbook editor at the local college that she was at. So... With, with Anna, I was actually working an overnight shift at a hotel that night. And so I received a phone call. My wife was actually, um, Carrie, was at a hospital the next town over, which, well, I really wouldn't say the next town over. She was more or less about an hour away from where I was. And so I was like an hour into my shift and she calls me. She goes, hey, the baby's coming. And I'm like, oh, shit. Luckily, it was cool because her mom actually made a surprise visit to us, we had no idea ahead of time that she was coming. And so she was actually there at the hospital with her. And so she actually was the one who went into the went into the room and helped deliver and all that. But I completely missed the whole delivery process of it. But thank God her mom was there. Right. Um, that way she didn't have to go through it by herself. And in fact, actually it was also a scary moment too is because she had preeclampsia. Now, if you don't know what preeclampsia is, that's when you have a lot of protein in your urine. Not good at all if you're if you're pregnant. But there was a, yeah, a high chance she was at a, considered a high risk pregnancy. There was a high risk that if the baby wasn't delivered in a specified amount of time during that period, I either would have lost her, lost the baby, or I would have lost both of them. And so, thank God for the doctors there; they knew what they were doing. But it just sucked that you know I wasn't part of uh, of, of the, the, of, of, of the birthing process. Now for my second one one of your um that was really interesting as, as well because that was actually my first time in the uh, delivery area and so 
with that experience, I ended up almost passing out. I'm sure, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of fathers there, that, that first like, oh my God type thing, it's coming type thing. And the nerves really kind of instilled in me too. I ended up not telling anybody where I was going. I ended up going going over to the corner and, and all the doctors were like, are you okay? I go, I'm fine. I'll be all right. And my wife was laying there. She goes, honey, are you doing okay? I go, yeah, I just feel a little lightheaded. And they're like, get this guy a washcloth. Get this guy a washcloth now. He's about ready to, to go. Luckily, I didn't faint though. I was came this close to it though. But it's just like that that moment where you have all the doctors around you and all scalpels and, and, all, and all this and seeing like this big ass needle just going through my wife's back and it's like, oh the my God, the epidural. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I feel horrible for, you know, you know, I, and I shouldn't have felt bad for myself because, you know, she has to endure all of that. Right. And so what my stuff is, is just pretty petty, but it's just that, that nerve is, of, of being in being in that room at that time and i hate hospitals too by the way um i'm sure a lot of people you know a lot of religions hate hospitals as well but it's just like i i get on un, that uneasy feeling when i'm in there so even though i'm not the patient at all it's just that that little uneasy feeling so yeah first time i was actually in the room was my youngest alexander was being born and my wife stephanie was in labor for about a day or two and we were just waiting and then we were sitting there and I was reading a book. And I remember when the time came, <clears throat> we had multiple doctors coming in and out throughout the time. And finally a doctor came in and she was a, an amazing doctor. And I was laying on the couch reading a book and the doctor came in and checked my wife. And it's been like a day or two. Like I said, it's been several hours. It took forever, it felt like. But And the doctor's like, all right, well, <clears throat> this is what's going to happen. This is how we're going to do this. We're going to make sure dad's here and we're going to make sure this happened. And she goes through this whole process of what's happening. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm reading yeah. my book. And she got done explaining and I'm just like sitting there reading my book and I look up and everybody's like looking at me <laughs> and I was like looking around and they were like, so this is happening now. And I was so into my book. book I didn't right. even realize oh that this is what she was telling us what was going to happen right then and there. And I was right. like, Oh shit. And I put my book down and ran over to my wife and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> and it just happened so fast. And you know, when she was giving birth, the doctors were like, do you want to cut the umbilical cord and stuff? And I was up at the upper half. And I was like, nope, not, nope, I'm good. I will just sit right here because I was feeling a little lightheaded and wheezy yeah. and in shock. And I was just like, just do your thing. So that was the first time I was actually in the room with being born. And it happened so fast. I yeah. didn't even know that I was, we were having the baby. I was yeah. reading my book. and The, the book was so good. Yeah. <laughs> like, who cares about the baby? I want to know what happens. What happens at the end here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with, with the uh, birth of my second daughter, you know, I was on the upper part of where my wife was at too. All of this was covered up. All I saw was her head, but... And so they were just giving me on the opposite side the kind of the play by play what's going on there. But still that I was just ghost white yeah. too. It was just, it was unreal. But the moment she came, it was, you know, being that this is my second child, you know, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Absolutely. Fatherhood and stuff. And so um, we'll be talking about all that in a future episode. But right now, you know, since we've talked about our topics, we want to share your guys' stories. And so we've got some really good stories from you guys. And... You know, first of all, I want to say thank you to you guys, you know, marketing this podcast, you know, across different cities. You guys have emailed us and emailed me specifically on your guys' first experiences. And so I want to take this moment to not only say thank you, but I also want to, you know, take this opportunity to share those emails with you. And so the first one I have here is from Sarah from Fort Worth, Fort Worth Texas. I can't even talk today. <laughs> I'm so excited about this, about today's episode. Sarah from Fort Worth, Texas, she was talking about her first fender bender uh, to me. And she said, when I was 17 years old, I had a job working at a local fast food restaurant. I had clocked out for the night and was pulling out of the parking lot when I backed into another coworker's car, breaking one of her headlights. So no one was around and the parking area was dark. And I was so terrified about confronting my coworker about the incident, that I didn't, didn't confront her at all and just let it go. Which probably is something I would have done too, because I'm so, like, I, I, I'm one of those you know, people that, you know, tread softly and stuff. And I don't want anything bad to happen to myself or, you know, the loved ones around me. And so, you know, if I make a mistake, usually it's like, oh, can I cover it up? Or can I just let it go and nobody will notice? But yeah, I can definitely kind of relate to this. Have you ever had a, a fender bender? Uh, the only fender bender I really had was here in Colorado. I'm, I slid on some ice and just bumped into the guy in front of me, which it broke my headlight actually. But we kind of got out of the car and just kind of shook each other's hand and said, oh, it's all good. And we drove off. But right. 
I didn't really have a chance to sneak away. That would have been hit and run, which would have probably gotten me in a little more trouble. Though. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> now, my first bender, my first fender bender, was actually last year. I mean, I mentioned the story about you know the wreck and stuff with the deer. I don't consider that a fender bender, fender bender at all. But my first fender bender was actually, I think maybe about four or five months ago, sometime you know late summer going into the fall. I was actually on my way to work, and so. I had a car behind me. I didn't even pay attention. I was actually at a red light, stopped completely. And this car behind me cut off two lanes of traffic to get to the interstate, cut off a cement truck. The cement truck ended up hitting the car. The car ended up hitting me. Oh, and so I ended up, I was like, I think three hours late for work, which thank God they understood what was going on. But yeah, that was my first fender bender. Pissed me the fuck off too. That next day it was funny because I was getting gas and this guy was like, hey, I can fix that for you. I was like, well, are you going to pay for it for me too? Because I can't afford it Yeah. <laughs> with the non-check that I did not receive. So, or the check I did not receive. So, so that was my first fender bender. Jared, uh, Temecula, California, talking about his first kiss. We actually talked about our first kiss earlier today yep. in the podcast. But he says, throughout high school, I had a crush on this girl, but was always afraid to approach her and ask her out on a date. During that period, I was socially awkward, which, you know, like myself, socially awkward. Didn't have a lot of friends. It was homecoming night in which after school consisted of a couple of volleyball games, followed by the homecoming football game. My crush was involved in a, in a volleyball game, so I sat in and watched her play. Later that night, both her and I attended the homecoming dance, and she wore a black slim dress that sparkled. Sounds nice. She had just gotten over a bad breakup, and I thought it would be a great opportunity to work up the courage to ask her to dance. She was sitting around with a group of her friends when I, uh, sorry, when I nervously asked her to the dance floor in which she said yes. During that, during our dance, I talked about how great of a volleyball player she was, um, how sorry I was for the bad breakup that she had gone through with her off, off again and on again boyfriend, how gorgeous she looked and how I had feelings for her. Then when she pulled, or that's when she pulled me to her and I can't talk today. I can't read for life. <laughs> me can't talk today. I can't read for life. Me. I apologize, guys. That's when she pulled me to her and rested her head on my shoulder. After the dance, I walked her to her car. We hugged and I leaned in for a kiss. Unfortunately, we never had the chance at a first date. I sometimes think about that night and wish I could have followed through. Kind of talking about what I what I talked about earlier about the first kiss and stuff and like moving and all this. Like you know what whatever would what would have happened if I would have you know. Had the opportunity to stay in this in this moment or talk about you know the first kiss and first crush maybe you know could have been one of those stories where it would have been like high school sweethearts type yeah. thing so which 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 is awesome you know i i commend a lot of people for you know you know having a crush ever since you know, like middle school and high school and getting married so and i, I definitely commend that too and i think that's really cool a really cool story for for those people that actually have experienced all that yeah my friend chris actually that i was talking about earlier he uh married his high school sweetheart and they were they've been together for a couple of years now, but that's really awesome when that happens. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, Mackenzie out of Denver, you know the D E N. We're right here. First time getting pulled over. I'm gonna love this story right here, and I got one for <laughs> that one too. There was one time she purchased a new car and was getting used to the different features of the interior. One night I was driving home from the grocery store when I saw a police car follow me with his lights on. I didn't think I was speeding at the time. The officer told me that I was driving without my headlights on. I explained to the officer that this was a new car and I thought that they were turned on and honestly didn't know how to turn on the lights manually because it was a new car. Seeing that it was an honest mistake, the officer showed me how to turn the headlights on. Needless to say, it was a very, very embarrassing. <laughs> now, the first time I got pulled over was actually in, wasn't, wasn't my first car at all, at all. It was actually my second car. It was a Kia Sportage, a red one. The uh, license plate holder. I guess something was wrong with it. It wouldn't. It wouldn't hold the license plate at all. And so I thought I would. I would be clever until until I got that fixed. Was attach it to my uh, my rear window, and so apparently that wasn't good. And I ended up getting pulled over because it actually wasn't properly attached to my vehicle because the officer couldn't see it. In fact, actually during that time too, I didn't have insurance, or I actually I had insurance but didn't have it with me, and so. The officer who pulled me over at that time said, you know, usually we arrest people with, like, actually don't carry their insurance. It's a law. I was like, I didn't know that. And so I came close to not only, uh, well, actually, I ended up getting a ticket for that, too. I think I was, 
I don't think I was speeding, but he actually didn't see my license plate. So I came this close also to possibly getting arrested for not carrying my insurance card. What about you getting pulled over? Have you gotten pulled over for tickets or anything? Oh my God, I've gotten pulled over so many times. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite ones though, and my wife loves this one. She always, always mortified every time we get pulled over because every time we get pulled over, she always has to take the time to look at me and tell me to play nice. Okay. Because I'm always a smart ass. And right. we had one incident. We were driving back from California because we flew here <clears throat> to Colorado after I got out of the military. And we were going to California to pick up her car because her car got flown from Hawaii to California. Okay. And we were driving from California to Colorado. Oh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> so we were on the border of Colorado going in. And I was going about 80 miles an hour and maybe a little faster. I'll say 80. It yeah. might have been like 95, 100. Who knows? Right. But sure enough, I whiz past this cop, didn't even see him, and this cop pulls out and sure enough gets behind us, pulls us over. Now, like I mentioned, this our car, my wife's Beetle, is from Hawaii. Right. So we had a Hawaii license plate. Mm-hmm. When we flew to Colorado, when I got out of the military, my license was expired. Right. Wow. So I had to renew my license while we were still in California because yeah. that's where I'm from. So my I had a California driver's license with a Colorado address because we lived in Colorado and a Hawaiian license plate. So none of it matched up. No, wow. Yeah. So, of course, I was speeding and stuff, and we get pulled over, and the cop's getting ready to come out. And my wife looks at me and goes, you know you know why she pulled us over, right? And I was like, why? And she goes, because we have Hawaiian license plates. We're out of state. They always pull people up from out of state over. And I was like, you think so? She's like, oh, yeah, that's definitely why we got pulled over for sure. So, sure enough, the cop comes up and rolls down the window. I roll down the window, and the cop looks at me. She goes, do you know why I pulled you over? And without hesitation, I looked at her and goes, and I said, did you pull us over because we have out-of-state plates? (laughs) <laughs> and the cop kind of stops and goes, uh, excuse me? I was like, no, seriously, we have Hawaiian license plates. Is that why you pulled us over? So you could give us a ticket and we, you don't think we'd be there. And the cop was so like, uh, uh, no. And my wife was mortified that I actually asked the cop that. Wow. Sure enough, I got a ticket and everything. But after, when the cop left, my wife smacked me and she's like, stop. <laughs> and ever since then, I do that. Like, I'm, an, I'm a smart ass whenever right. I get pulled over. I've had a couple close encounters. In fact, actually, one of my scary moments actually getting... Nearly getting pulled over. I wouldn't say nearly, but always that risk is. I spent a short time in Ohio uh, living there. I won't go into the details of that one. It was a bad bad experience on that one. But, you know, just kind of, you know, wanted to get out of Kansas, wanted to do something different. So I was like, hey, let's move to Ohio, my, just myself. And so I was driving my Kia Sportage at the time there. Didn't really have any money at all. I had money to get there. Didn't have a job or anything on, on, on there, so I figured I'd just wing it and stuff when I got there. And so it was in the middle of winter, driving from Kansas to Ohio, which is what, three states away? You got mm-hmm. through Missouri, um, Illinois, and Indiana just to get to Ohio. And I think one of my scary moments during that drive, too, was my brakes went out. Oh, snap. I didn't have the money to stop anywhere to get a fix because I didn't have a credit card credit card, didn't have a debit card. I had just had a specified amount of cash and didn't have any, 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 uh, any wiggle room for, you know, mechanical issues. And so my scary moment there is too, is I was speeding to, to where I needed to get to. And so if I needed to get, if I was going to get pulled over, I couldn't stop. <laughs> I couldn't stop at all because I had no brakes to, to go off of. And so it was, it was really, really scary too because i had you know a couple cans of brake fluid and so that would you know work from time to time but it was just the actual line lining of the brake the brake line actually just failed and so i that was one scary moment where i thought i would get pulled over numerous times because you know i was in such a big hurry to get to where i needed to get to and just you know figure it out from there and now going back from ohio to kansas i was driving on an expired license plate Oh, nice. Driving through four, three, four states with a with an expired license plate was scary. And I was in same situation as, you know, I drove during the nighttime. That way, you know, nobody really kind of saw my license plate at all. It, the traffic wasn't there and so and all that. And so I thought I'd be very clever just to do an overnighter and just, you know, be back in Kansas by like the afternoon. And so those are kind of my my experiences with possibly getting pulled over didn't didn't happen of course but it's always that that risk that flight risk on that one william out of davenport iowa talking about his first encounter his first intimate account encounter 
And so he writes, I was a junior in high school and was dating this girl who was also a junior in high school that lived in the town next to me. She was a curvy gal and was apparently blessed at a young age. I come to realize a few weeks into the relationship that she was a little frisky as well, something I wasn't prepared for. One night during our date, she took me to a spot in town that I didn't know about, that was near a creek. We were kissing and making out, and she started messing around with my personal area. Being that I have never been with a girl before, let alone, let alone intimate with one, I was nervous, and it showed. I shook as if I was standing outside in the middle of winter without a coat, and I shook to the core. She asked me if I was okay, and rather than being honest and telling her that I was scared to death, I blamed my nerves over being cold and that the heat was turned on, or the heat was not turned on in her car. And while she was very accommodating by turning on the heat, it really didn't help at all. It was humiliating and awkward at the same time, and she ended up breaking up with me a couple weeks later. Nice. Now, <laughs> that story, now for my first encounter, wasn't like that at all. It actually really wasn't really interesting at all. I think the really interesting part about my first encounter, my first intimate encounter, was the age difference. I was actually a senior in high school. I was about 18, 19 at the time. The woman that I had this encounter with, she was 32 years old. And so oh, nice. she actually, yeah, a, a huge, a huge, a huge gap in there. And so, you know, talking about earlier, you know, Yahoo Messenger, which is really popular at the time, MSN Messenger, that stuff that doesn't exist anymore. And the chat rooms, chat rooms really don't exist anymore either. So I, I met this girl, I found this girl through, through a local chat room and found out that she lived in the next town over about like 20 minutes away. And so we hung out a few times. We didn't do anything. We just, just talked. And so being like, you know, you're a teenager and horny and wanted to, you know, experience that first time, you know, like American Pie. Right. Um, you know, her and I just, you know, we're, we're at the spot, you know, away from the city lights and everything. And so we ended up in the backseat of her car and didn't take very long at all because I was so nervous and, you know, I wasn't really, you know, I was really awkward uh, on how to do that and stuff. I was really nervous. And so it was also interesting because after the deed was done, there was a cop car that, sh that showed up, had its lights on, and we kind of just hid underneath the seats. Kind of ducked. Kind of ducked. <clears throat> and so he didn't, didn't approach the door at all, which I was nervous about too because here I was almost naked, if not naked, partially naked, with this girl with, you know, also naked in the back seat. And I was like, oh shit, I was going to be arrested for <laughs> indecency. Um, but no, that never happened. So, of course, that was also another kind of first time of maybe almost getting arrested for for indecency. I don't know. I don't know if that's something you want to share because I, I know you, we talked about this too before that it wasn't yours wasn't that exciting either. No, mine mine really wasn't that exciting. Growing up and stuff, I was pretty popular with the ladies and everything like that, and I didn't think I was, but I had a lot of girls that were into me and everything, and I was very scared of the opposite race or right, opposite I was sex. Too. Opposite race. Opposite right. sex. Yeah, either way, tomatoes tomato. Right, right. <laughs> and it was to the point where, like, I remember I lived in a house right next to my parents' house. That was kind of a, a – it was their garage, but it had a house attachment. And I was taking a shower one night, and I always left my door open because it was a sliding glass door. So I always left it unlocked. And when I got out of the shower and went into my bedroom, one of my friends, really good friend of mine who had a huge thing for me, was laying in bed, and she was butt naked. Oh. And sure enough, I just got out of the shower, so I was butt naked. Right. And I freaked out so bad and I got so scared that I put on clothes and I left my own house. <laughs> oh my like God. I left the house wow. and left her and my bedroom naked. <laughs> so the usually, first... it's the, usually it's the, it's the other way around. Yeah, like why think, am I leaving my own house? I don't even remember where I went. I just remember leaving the house. I was so scared and I didn't know what to do. And I was that just flustered. But right. the first, my first time though, was, uh, it was kind of in a public spot. It was in a place called First Falls that was behind our house a bit. And a girl that had a huge thing for me, a different girl, asked me to meet her there to go swimming and everything. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And it's a place where you could jump off rocks into the little river and everything like that. And there were a bunch of kids around and people were swimming and everything. And we right. ended up behind a rock. And somehow, I don't know how it started. I think she started it because, you know, after the story I just told you, who would think I would have started it? Right. But she started it, and it just happened all of a sudden. Like, I didn't even – it was just a days after I was done, after the deed was done. But that was the first time. <laughs> yeah. Like, for mine, like I said, it was, it was very awkward, too, because, like I said, I, I hung out with the girl, you know, a couple times prior to, to the deed. And we, you know, kissed a few times and stuff here and there. And so I was always so nervous about, you know, people around me. Like, when people came close to us, I just – 
immediately stopped and like, oh, you know, twiddling my thumbs and just kind of looking around like, oh, you know, nothing, nothing's going on here. But, but yeah, it was, it was really not that exciting at all other than, you know, that, that scary moment with the uh, police officer that just nearly just, you know, had my ass handed over to me for, you know, being butt naked. Right. So, so this one, it was really interesting too. So uh, James out of Atlanta, Georgia, talking about his first his first health scare, he said, I have a first. I was diagnosed with severe hemidystonia, I apologize if I, if I butcher that up, uh, 15 years ago. He spent the last seven years in a wheelchair and was diagnosed with dementia about five years ago. He had a black hole or have a black hole with no memory, hits his head on the bed, or, or, bad, or he had a bad fall, I'm sorry, I apologize, and cured. He was diagnosed at the Cleveland Clinic, he had a second opinion at the Mayo Clinic, treated at the Emory Hospital in Atlanta, and actually was treated by neurology in Austell. First ever recorded case of being cured from two non-curable illnesses, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, I've never heard of anything like that. You hear sometimes about miracle stories about, you know, things of that nature, but, you know, never, never personal, you know, in that aspect. Was also treated by one of the top brain surgeons in the Southeast. All are stumped as a, to the instant recovery. I can walk and have full memory from April 1st, 2009. And then I emailed him and he emailed me right back, kind of going more into his health scare. He said his dementia is totally gone. He has full memories from 2012 to 1970 or vice versa, 1970 to 2002 and from April 1st, 2009 to present. So nothing from, you know, the period of 2012 to, to early part of 2019 he doesn't remember much about. He said the story needs to be told to give hope to the hopeless. Uh, March 30th, 2009, my daughter visited me and I weighed 97 pounds, didn't know who she was, and she called her brother and told him dad won't be here much longer. The next day, I fell out of my wheelchair, hit my head on concrete, and I'm now walking and talking, driving my motorcycle, playing my guitar and banjo like I did 25 years ago. All medical records can be rare, can be verified through you know these specific clinics, the Cleveland Clinic, the Mayo Clinic, the Emory Hospital in Atlanta, and Northwest Neurology in, in Austell. Never has anybody recovered from dementia or hemidystonia. Um, please use the story and give hope to the hopeless. This will also give hope to their families, which I think this is really a, a moving story. Again, you know, you never really hear much. You hear every now and again, like miracle stories in regards to this aspect, as far as like health scares. Really, with my health, with the health scare, I never really personally had a health scare of my own, but my two-year-old has had numerous health scares. And so we'll be diving that again later on into future episodes, but just kind of talking about, you know, first, uh, first health scare is, you know, my, uh, my second born, Gwen, she was born with craniosynostosis, which is when your soft spots fuse prematurely. A lot of your, your soft spots, they don't fuse until well into adulthood. Some do, but you know, for the rest of that, it doesn't fuse until adulthood. So with my two-year-old, she had to have surgery, a major surgery in October of 2018. She's, she's good. We're, you know, pursuing other options, pursuing, you know, future surgeries um, later on. My wife actually had craniosynostosis too. And so we're trying to, you know, figure out if those two things can work, connect and are, and are related. So, and also on top of that too, she was also born with only her thumbs. She has no other no other uh, fingers other than her thumbs. And so those are some health things that we're currently working on with. And again, we'll, we'll talk about those in a future episode with you know a group of, uh, of parents with special needs children in addition to my wife as well. We'll talk about that. But you know, thank you for the story there, James. And thank you guys for you know sharing your guys' stories with us. If you guys want to share your stories with me for future episodes, you can go ahead and go to my Facebook page. You just search Be My Guest with Brandon Horton and just connect with me there. Or you can email me at BeMyGuestDen, that's BeMyGuestDen at gmail.com. That way you can share your guys' stories with me as well. That way we can use those for future episodes. Before we go, we want to give a special shout out to uh, Kendra, Dave, and Kelly who reached out to me as well. Kendra from Daytona Beach, Florida said, Hey Brandon, I think it's awesome that your podcast is focused on including your listeners. It's a cool concept and I'm looking forward to listening to your first episode and seeing where it goes. So I appreciate that Kendra very much. Thank you for that. Dave out of Kansas City, Missouri, which is kind of my home base there too. I'm from Ottawa, Kansas. So Kansas City was more about maybe 40 minutes from, from where Dave is currently located at. 
Dave says, I've been listening to numerous, numerous podcasts for a couple of years now, and your idea of this podcast is a fresh approach that is exciting. Can't wait to listen, and good luck. Thank you so much for that, Dave. And then finally, Kelly out of Phoenix, Arizona says, Brandon, so awesome that this podcast is going to be engaging. It's like listening to your favorite radio station and trying to call in and talk to the on-air personality, only in a different format. How cool is that? And very cool indeed. Again, I want to thank you guys for listening to this first episode. I want to thank Scott. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me on here as yeah. your first guest. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, talking about, you know, this first podcast, kind of trying to get it together. I didn't even think this first podcast was going to happen this weekend because I knew you were out, you were sick and I wasn't really feeling good too. And so, you know, when you texted me actually yesterday, I was, you said, hey, I'm, I'm sick. And, I'm, and my first thought was, oh, shit, <laughs> she yeah. going to have to postpone this. So, yeah. So I will say if my voice is a little raspy, I apologize. That's kind of what it is. So my throat's just a little scratchy. But... No, no, that's fine. And I apologize because I can't talk for, for the life of me today. It's only I, can't, a pod... I can't read. I can't talk. It's only the first uh, episode. It's only, so... Well, it's only a podcast. Who needs to talk anyways? Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to, again, follow me on Facebook at Be My Guest with Brandon Horton. You can also follow me on Instagram at Be My Guest den one be my guest den at gmail.com to share your guys' stories with me for on a future episode we have many episodes coming up we have amazing guests lined up we have amazing in-depth conversations and interviews so stay tuned uh, for future episodes again follow me on facebook sneak peeks on on future episodes so appreciate you guys have a great day and we will talk soon bye